Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. And we welcome you to episode 265 of the Sports Jack podcast. You mean the George Bell episode? George Bell. Ring that bell, George. You remember him with the Cubs? No. You don't? I don't. 1993, I believe it was, the Chicago Cubs acquire free agent George Bell. And here's my George Bell story, my own personal George Bell story. Excellent. And it really doesn't focus much around George Bell as it does around the Cubs equipment manager and clubhouse manager, Yosh Kawano. Now, Yoshikawano was saved by the Cubs from a Japanese internment camp back in the 40s. He worked for them as a bat boy, and Phil Wrigley, for whatever reason, took a liking to Yoshikawano and hired him as an employee and made him the clubhouse manager. And Wrigley loved Yoshikawano so much that when he sold the ball club, there was a provision put into the contract that Yoshikawano would have lifetime employment with the Chicago Cubs. So now fast forward into the 90s. Remember, Yosh has now been with the ball club for about 50 years. He's kind of a legend. You would see him in the dugout with his little white fishing cap on, just kind of leaning there on the railing. So I go down to cover spring training And the Cubs had just acquired George Bell. But I wasn't really interested in talking to George Bell. I wanted to get Dawson. I wanted to get Sandberg. I wanted to get some of the others. I walk into the spring training clubhouse. And Yoshikawano does not. He recognizes a lot of media, but he doesn't recognize me because I'm not somebody who follows the ball club regularly. And George Bell's nickname, of course, was Taco. And Yoshikawano says, you stay away from Taco Bell. 
And I said, I don't need to speak to Mr. Bell, but thank you. But I have heeded Yoshikawano's advice <laughs> in my life. Because every time I think about going through a drive through if I'm a little bit hungry, I hear in my head, you stay away from Taco Bell. <laughs> Just when I thought I've heard every Chuck Freebie story, here comes Yosh. With George Bell, episode 265. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Oh boy, if that doesn't yank you right out of a pandemic, I don't know what will. That makes you laugh. The Bears will make you cry. Oh, my gosh. That was just dreadful and painful to watch. How much did you watch? Uh, all the way. You did? Yeah, all the way to the very end. So you saw, you watched the vaunted Bears defense give up 465 yards to a Lions team that didn't have its number one receiver healthy. You watch the Bears build this 30-20 to 20 lead, and then you watch those high-paid acquisitions of Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn in a situation where everybody in the stadium knows that Matthew Stafford has to pass. You watch them unable to get to the quarterback. And then you watched with a 30-27 to 27 lead, the Bears take over at their own 11-yard line. With 2.14 to go. They run the ball up the middle with David Montgomery. Here's the two-minute warning. Then they call a pass. And fortunately, Mitch Trubisky doesn't throw it. And he scrambles for three yards. And the Lions have to use a timeout. And then they call a pass. And Mitch Trubisky locks on to Anthony Miller down the field. And doesn't realize, here comes the former Notre Dame star, Romeo Aquora, to get the strip sack, and the Lions recover the fumble at the 7. Adrian Peterson walks into the end zone. It's 34-30, but don't worry. The Bears still have a chance here. They still have a chance. They complete a 14-yard pass to David Montgomery. Oh, and there's a 15-yard penalty for horse collar. Bang, they're right at midfield. Here's another 14-year. Oh, Mitch is going to bail the Bears out of this one again. And on third and five, he throws to Allen Robinson on a sideline route. And Allen Robinson goes to get out of bounds and forgets about the part where you got to get the first down. So Allen Robinson goes out of bounds, and it's fourth and one. And the Bears, out of timeouts, mind you, run David Montgomery up the middle, and he doesn't make it on fourth and one. And the Bears find a way to snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat. Or should I say defeat out of the jaws of victory? Either way, 
they lose 34-30 to the Detroit Lions, who were so bad that they had fired their coach the week earlier. And Daryl Bevel, taking over as the interim coach, wins his Lions debut. Two things about the Lions I noticed towards the end of that game. Matthew Stafford has a favorite word. (laughs) If you could read lips. Yeah. And that second to last drive, like they just marched down the field. Yeah. It's like, why didn't that happen the rest of the game for you? It happens at this point. Well, did someone give up? (laughs) And where was the Bears pass rush? Yeah. It just. Where was the Bears defense? What was Bill Lazor thinking in calling plays? This this thing stinks so much from the head down. If you're George McCaskey sitting in your office today in Lake Forest, once you're done counting your money, which granted is going to take a while, what are you going to do with this group, George? They were at one point five and one, and they are now five and seven, and. Cue up the Tom Petty because they are free-falling. This franchise stinks right now. They stink, stank, stunk, to put it into Christmas terms. Your thoughts. What should they do? <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you fix that broken of a team? And it starts with the, you know. Yeah, you're right. It has to start way up and then work its way down. Yeah, my my buddy John posted yesterday, and this would be food for thought other than the bad decisions you saw the Bears make down the stretch. He said, is it possible that Matt Nagy is actually a good coach, but he's been given, like, chicken salad, a moldy piece of bread, some potatoes, and been asked to make a gourmet meal with it. Mm-hmm. Because the roster that Ryan Pace has given Matt Nagy to work with is awful. It's horrible. It's like Buttermaker getting those bears. Yes. <laughs> right before the season start and, here. And Kelly Leak ain't riding up on the motorcycle no. anytime soon. Nope. So this is this is bad. This is really bad. Now, the Colts. The Colts come out, and they win a key road game yesterday that they needed to win. They go down to Houston. Phillip Rivers, good Phillip Rivers, showed up yesterday. 285 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and they find a way to beat the Texans 26-20. Meanwhile, Cleveland, which, by the way, Cleveland looks really good this year. Uh, They did a tap dance on Tennessee and knocked the Colts back into a first-place tie with the Titans in the AFC South. Now, Tennessee holds the tiebreaker. Big game for the Colts coming up this weekend against Las Vegas, but I think I saw last night the Colts increased their chances of making the playoffs by almost 10% yesterday with that win over Houston. So Indianapolis looking much better for making the playoffs, I think right now they have about a 63% chance of making the AFC playoffs, and then you'll see what happens. I, I still don't see them beating the Steelers or Kansas City, but we could be wrong. It's a Monday night doubleheader. Hopefully they start at 5. They do. Oh. Pittsburgh and Washington. 
Pittsburgh and Washington is a 5 o'clock game. I think that's on Fox. And then Buffalo and San Francisco at 8.15 on ESPN. I don't think either one of those is going to be highly compelling or competitive, but it is football. And so you've got it there on your TVs to watch. And the game on Fox, of course, is free over the air. Let's roll back to Saturday's game, Notre Dame and Syracuse. Started a little scary, didn't it? A little nerve-wracking. Yeah, waiting for the Irish to kind of kick in. And then Syracuse does, you know, young, bad teams do things to continue to lose. Old veteran teams take advantage of the things that young, bad teams do and find ways to win. And so Syracuse is up 7-3 to three with about five minutes left before halftime. And the Irish offense isn't going anywhere. It looked like they just had another three and out. But there's a roughing the passer penalty on Syracuse. You cannot take your hand and shove it into the quarterback's mask. That's not going to work very well. And so 15 yards on Syracuse. Irish made him pay. And boy, did they, because Notre Dame erupts for 21 points in the last three minutes of the first half. And instead of the Cuse leading 7-3, it's 24-7 Notre Dame. And the game has switched over. Now, Syracuse did get the opening touchdown of the third quarter. Made it about a 10-point game. But the Irish wind up pulling away and winning that one by a count of 45-21. They have now won... 10 games in four consecutive years. That's never happened at Notre Dame before. They've won 24 straight home games. Ian Book now has the most wins of any Notre Dame quarterback in history with 30. And so everything's rolling for the Irish right now as they wait two weeks and head down to Charlotte to take on the Clemson Tigers in the ACC championship game. I think the players and myself had the same problem on Saturday where we said, Oh, is that a, a 2.30 start, not a 3.30? Yeah. I may have uh, misinformed myself as I was running errands. Oh, oh, whoops. Get ready to settle in for some Chuck Freebie at 2.30. No, no. Nay, nay, my friend. One thirty for countdown to kickoff, 2.30 for the game. So at least you saw the game. So in two weeks, Notre Dame and Clemson, is that a night game? Four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. On December 19th. Okay. And... Clemson needs the victory not only to win the ACC championship, but to keep their playoff hopes alive. If Clemson loses, that's their second loss. They're out. If Notre Dame loses, as long as they don't get blown out, a lot of people think that they're in the college football playoff. It would just impact who they play. Because if Notre Dame wins, they're going to be the two seed behind Alabama, we assume. And so they would play in the Rose Bowl against whoever the three seed is. Let's say for the sake of argument, it would be Ohio State in that situation. That would be in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. If Notre Dame loses, they probably drop to the four seed, and they would probably have to play Alabama in the semifinals down in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. Notre Dame holds fast, number two in the AP poll. Here comes Indiana at eight. How about the job that Tom Allen has done in Bloomington this year? And I don't care if you saw the game or not, great job by the Hoosier defense against Wisconsin, holding them to a mere six points. Jack Tuttle wins his opening start as IU quarterback, tosses a couple of touchdown passes, 
IU wins it 14 to 6. But after the game, Holly Rowe of ABC is talking to Tom Allen. And of course, the way ABC has set up its interviews this year, they put Tom Allen's mic on a mic stand, and he's at least six feet away from Holly Rowe. He's got a pair of headphones on. So he's standing apart from her with his back kind of to his players who are leaving the field. And I think almost every one of his players came over and either tousled his cap or touched his shoulder or, you know, shouted best coach in America. The love that that team, and it is genuine love that that team has for its coach, I don't know that I've seen that anywhere before. And it's funny because we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast. Tom Allen had been on with Mike Krzyzewski on his podcast, and Mike Krzyzewski goes, just talking with you, I want to play for you. And I saw this repeatedly from other coaches. Peter Vosh used to be the quarterback coach here at Nerdane many years ago. And Peter admits he's in a wheel. I think Peter's in a wheelchair now. He's up there in years. And he says, man, just listening to Tom Allen makes me want to get out of this chair and go play for him, go coach for him. He's just got a charisma about him. And the way that he has made this team bond together and love one another and love him is just impressive. That's what I love about college football are coaches and players like that. Uh, I don't know if I'm out on an island by myself, but I wish that was like that here in South Bend. There's no charisma in this head coach. He's not doing anything wrong. I mean, he's winning right. ball games, but I, I, I would love to see more of that if that were accessible. Yeah, you don't. You're having a hard time picturing Brian Kelly sitting in your living room recruiting, say, your son. Yeah. And just thinking, yeah, I, re- I really like this guy. Now, it might still be, yeah, you decide you want your son to go to Notre Dame for the things that the university has and for what the football program does, etc. Right. But Tom Allen, and this is why Tom Allen has the talent on the team that he has now. Because let's face it, Tom Allen was going into living rooms and he didn't have a lot to sell. He didn't have tradition. He didn't have a winning program. He didn't have a lot of things to go sell to the players other than I'm Tom Allen and you're playing for me and I love you, man, and I'm going to make your son a better human being. And he's delivered on that promise plus – He's winning football games at a rate that Indiana hasn't seen since the late 60s. Is this year six for him? Yes. Okay. So, that's, I mean, and this is the lesson that some people take from it, too. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time for a coach to kind of find his groove and be able to recruit. Says and, a lot for the university to and, stay on board with him during that time as well. Right. And And I think that's the point that people try to make is, Sometimes maybe we pull the trigger on coaches too soon. Yeah. So that said, Indiana now gets ready to take on Purdue. Purdue is kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum right now. Let me put you on the spot here before we get into this little part of the conversation. Name a coach that their time got yanked too soon off the top of your head. Well, you could say Bill Belichick in Cleveland. 
hmm. based on what he was able to do in New England. How long was he there? In Cleveland? I want to say about five or six years. Okay. And look how that's panned out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, college? Can you name one? Well, you know, it's it's hard to How do you say somebody got yanked too soon, right? Because lots of times they don't resurface mm-hmm. other places necessarily. I would say if uh, if they went on to something else after the yanking of too soon, like like a Belichick, like is, yeah. Well, for some reason, Tyrone Willingham popped up in my head. No, well, he only had three years, but it's not like he had great success where he went to after he was here. Stanford next after that, or no? Uh, no, no he, he went to Washington and lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, while coaching at Washington, um, I think you could point to maybe Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron was at USC as an interim coach in between coaches. USC decided to go a different direction. Ed Orgeron wound up getting picked up eventually by LSU and leading them to a national championship. Now. He's on the struggle bus this year. Um, And sometimes it's a question of fit. I mean, you hear Ed Orgeron speak. He belongs at LSU. Yeah, USC. What was that? Well, but he was was available and he had head coaching experience and they had just fired the coach in the middle of the season. So he took over as interim coach and did well. And there were some people at USC that wanted to see him get more of a chance. And he didn't. But would Ed Orgeron have been a a complete fit with the whole USC environment? I don't know. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's about about fit, too. Uh, But, yeah, sometimes the trigger gets pulled too soon on coaches. Other times, coaches are... uh, Maybe a little bit like Willie Mays at the end of his career where he played the last two years with the Mets and it didn't go so well. But, you know, so when you when do you Name go to Name a coach soon? who's overstayed their welcome. Oh, my God. Well, I think Paterno did at Penn State. I think that happened. Um, coach who's overstayed his welcome. Maybe Bill Snyder at Kansas State overstayed his welcome a little bit. Um, there was, those are two that come to mind right away. Okay. Yeah. Harbaugh at Michigan right now? <laughs> well, now it hasn't been a long run, but yeah, there there's question as to whether he'll be back or not. Five years, six Does, years? Six years. Six years. And hasn't beaten, I mean, his marquee win was Notre Dame last year. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, what a turning point that was for both programs. The Irish have not lost since, and Michigan hasn't beaten anybody any good since. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Purdue. Purdue, Purdue and loses IU. to Nebraska at home last week. Jeff Brom, remember, Jeff Brom looked like he was going to leave Purdue to go to his alma mater, Louisville. And Purdue opened up a big old bag of cash for Jeff Brom. And kept him as head coach. In fact, Jeff Brom is the highest paid public employee in the state of Indiana. And he has a worse winning percentage than Danny Hope, 
who Purdue ran out on a rail just a few years ago. Uh, this program showed so much promise for the first two years of Jeff Brom's run, and in the last two years has disappointed severely. Now, there's still nothing that would delight the Boilermaker faithful more than derailing this Hoosier season with an upset in the old Oak and Bucket game. That'll be 3.30 Saturday, and we'll carry it on our radio station, Pulse FM. I tuned into the Purdue game right when I heard... um well, Rondell Moore heading to the uh, locker room with some sort of injury. <laughs> well, that's that's been a big part of the problem is they've built a lot around him, and he has not delivered this year. No, and it it's it's been tough. The Big Ten, it has not been a stellar twelve months for the Big Ten. Let's face it; they decided to start the season late. They thought everybody was going to join them in canceling the season. Only the Pac-12 did. Then they wind up not starting the season until late October. And they started the season as the pandemic was getting worse, not better. And it's just been kind of a disaster for everybody in the Big Ten other than Indiana this year. Let's get into some basketball talk. Notre Dame had a kind of a late night game last night. Uh, seven o'clock seven start. O'clock. I mean, what I realized for you late that's for us. late, but uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Bray's team gets the win last night, seventy eight seventy over a Detroit Mercy team that had given Michigan State trouble on Friday night. So it you can't just get caught up in the name here. It's not a bad team that they have up there. Uh, and the Irish struggled with him quite a bit and then put together a surge with about five minutes left in the game to pull away. Dane Goodwin had himself a solid game with a double-double. Nate Lashesky had a double-double. Jawan Durham came close to a double-double. I think Mike Bray has already found that he doesn't have a whole lot of depth on this team. He's going to have to play the starters an awful lot early on. And we'll see now he was able to get away with that last night because they hadn't played in eight or nine days. Once they start getting into the rhythm of the season, we'll see if he can continue that or if he's going to have to add more people to the substitution pattern. Part of the problem last night was Nick Jogo was not available. He had an ankle problem, so it limited Bray's bench. Meanwhile, Neil Ivey, boy, they struggled with IUPUI yesterday. If it weren't for the freshman Matty Westbelt having a Huge fourth quarter. Notre Dame might not have won that game. They wind up winning 65-58, and they're 2-2 two and two now. Westbelt had 22 and a bunch of rebounds down the stretch, but the rebounding has to be a concern for Neil Ivey right now. They got blitzed on the boards by IUPUI 36-24. What's going to happen when you start playing ACC teams, which they will beginning December 13th? Mm. So next Sunday, the conference season opens against Georgia Tech. And I guarantee you, if good on this this week, plenty of box-out drills for the Irish because they were not good on the boards yesterday. Take us up north, talk about some Michigan teams in basketball. Michigan State struggled early, then pulled away in the second half. Uh, Tom Izzo's team wins 79-61. They stay unbeaten, as is Michigan, which beats Central Florida by a count of 80-58. to The Big Ten for basketball, looks very, very strong. We talked about this the other day. Iowa, 
was ranked number three. Wisconsin's going to drop in the rankings this week after losing to Marquette over the weekend, but they were ranked number four. Illinois was ranked number five. They lost to Baylor last week, so they'll drop. But Baylor's ranked number two, so I don't look for the Illini to drop that far. Michigan State was sitting in at number eight this week. last week. They'll move up a little bit this week. And I'd never count out a Tom Izzo team. I, I think he's a terrific coach, gets the most out of his players that you can Yes, he gets some five-stars in there, but he wins a lot with those big-body four-star and three-star guys. And we'll see how the Spartans contend in the Big Ten this year. Talk a little bit about that Adams-St. Joe game you uh, broadcast on Friday night. Well, a lot of eyes were on J.R. Konesny, the young man playing for St. Joe who's headed to Notre Dame this year. And he did not disappoint over the weekend. He had 30 points in that opener against Adams, 41 on Saturday against Michigan City Marquette. But St. Joe didn't have much to go around him. So J.R. goes 30 points, 13 rebounds against Adams. The rest of the team, 22 points and 9 rebounds. You can't have it be that lopsided. And Adams took advantage. Adams played just flat-out tougher and with more balance. And they got 21 points. And 10 rebounds out of Braden Saxton, their 6-4 forward, and pulled away from that game in the fourth quarter to win it 65-52. to So the Eagles are unbeaten at 2-0. and And who else, who else looked good over the weekend? Well, Riley got 35 points from Derek Wesley on Friday night and beat Marion 60-49. to Of course, Wesley's the other South Bend product who's going to Notre Dame next year. Elkhart had itself a good weekend. They beat Washington last week on Tuesday night and then turned around on Saturday, went on the road to Middlebury and beat a very good Northridge team, 79-77. Elkhart plays Adams Friday night in the unified opener at Northside Gym. That should be interesting to see those two teams go at it because as we've said all along with Elkhart, Corey, kind of a wild card. How would they meshed together as a team you know neither Elkhart team was really all that strong last year but you put them together as one school and all of a sudden you've kind of got enough talent where Kyle Sears can kind of play the ball that he wants to play which is get up and down the floor and put the ball in the hoop 79 against Northridge showed the Lions can certainly do that uh I want to rewind one second to Friday night my son and I had dinner and we watched the first quite a few minutes of Valpo Purdue yeah, and quite a lesson learned that just because you're seven foot four at age nineteen does not make you a great basketball player. No, he might become one, but he's not there yet. Yeah, just watching that unfold and that awkwardness of such a big body, and he's kind of slow, that kid. Yeah, but there's a lot that he's carrying at seven foot four, and he's thick. Oh yeah, I mean he's not like a lanky kid at all, but uh, he was interesting to watch for a little while there. Yeah, so Purdue. Uh, got the win over Valpo on Friday night, and Purdue basketball plays again tomorrow against Miami in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That's a 5 o'clock tip-off, and we'll have radio coverage for you on 103.1 FM. So um, we mentioned Adams in high school. They move up to 2-0 and and number 11 in this week's Coaches Bowl. On the girls' side, it was interesting. Both Penn and Marion, who are ranked in the top 20 statewide, lost over the weekend. Penn lost at Crown Point, which was ranked number three. They lost by a bucket. And yet, somehow, Penn remains number one in this week's coaches poll. 
Now, Crown Point had 14 of the 20 first-place votes. Penn somehow still got three first-place votes. And then if you looked at the rest of the ballots, Crown Point would have had to have averaged coming in at number five or worse on ballots for them to finish where they did, which is number two in this week's poll. So a lot of people looking at that saying it doesn't make any sense. And and you're right. I'm, I'm getting the sense that Crown Point down south, maybe people don't even know where it is, don't know anything about them. And so they don't give them the kind of love that they probably deserve. Isn't that where Indiana Beach is? Is that what I'm thinking of Crown Point? No, 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 no. Uh, Indiana Beach is... Crown Point's more like uh, near Merrillville. Sheriff. Yeah, I think my daughter kind of works over in that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. I thought Indiana Beach was further down. Monticello? Monticello. That's yeah. not near... No. Oh, nope. okay. I got them off. I'm sorry. So anyway... What are you working on for Friday night? Or I'm sorry, Thursday night. Yeah, Penn and Marion play Thursday night. Marion lost to Noblesville. Marion checks in at number 13 this week. They'll probably both be 8-1 and one by the time we see them on Thursday night. We'll live stream the game on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network, and then we'll show it on TV 46 Friday night at 11, Saturday morning at 9. Are you at Penn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you've got a Friday night off. What to do with your time? Might reacquaint myself with <laughs> Diane Freebie. <laughs> now, you're married to her, right? That's all I've been told. Okay. Yes. That's a good sports report there, my friend. Now, how about a little segment we like to call overrated, underrated? Oh, the intern with the chart. So fantastic. Let's give him something to work on today. I've only got one today. I'm going to go with an actor who works in both TV and in film. We'll sandwich him around two musical artist groups. Okay. We'll start with Cheryl Crow. Oh, boy. Cheryl Crow. Who I had a crush on. I'm not going to lie. When she came out of the gate there in the 90s, I thought she was uh, something. And then I think I wanted to continue to like her, but I, I think she's just kind of a little too middle of the road for me. Okay. Um, and a lot of people talk about how talented she is. But, I mean, as far as hits, uh, you can count them on one hand. I'm going to go overrated for Cheryl Crow. I would tend to agree with you. I, I think she had potential to really take off, and I think she tried to use her platform for a bunch of other things, and those didn't really catch fire. And Her fourth biggest dream song is a cover of Sweet Child of Mine, if that tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. Her fourth, All I Want to Do, yeah, that makes sense that that's number one. If it makes you happy off that second record. Right. Soak Up the Sun, number five, Strong Enough, number three. Yeah, I'd say overrated. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you on that one. Who do you have? Uh, body of work, TV and film. Only mm -hmm. because we sat through this film last night and I jotted it down. The works of Tim Allen. Oh, I think he's underrated. I think he's underrated because not one, but two long-running TV shows. Home Improvement. Home Improvement and Last, last Man, Man Standing. Standing. Which I've never seen an episode of, but I hear great things. And then you take a look at his movies. He, obviously, the Santa Claus franchise has done incredibly well for him. And Toy Story. Toy Story. Not to mention the voice work on the Pure Michigan commercials, which is gold. 
And I've never seen the stand-up act, but obviously the stand-up act is what got him home improvement. Yeah. And the I I have to admit I'm partial to the story of hey, I was a tremendous screw-up. I was on drugs. I was in prison. And now I reform my life, and I'm able to put together this whole career. Yeah, he is one of those guys where he took his act, and someone saw it, or he had enough gumption to push through and turn that act into a TV show. Yeah. I've seen the stand-up once, and it was very Tim Tooltime Taylor. Sure. But that kind of alpha male, I know everything, but yet I'm a complete klutz kind of thing. I'm going to go with you. Underrated. The Santa Claus, the first movie, is decent. The next couple ones are a little rougher on the edges. Yeah. The Toy Story stuff is fantastic as a voice actor. Right. I loved Home Improvement back in the day, but I, I have not seen Last Man Standing, but I've not heard a bad thing about that sitcom. I, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah? I think you would enjoy it. I take that back. I have watched one episode. Does he own a store? Yes. In that... Uh, Outdoor Man. Yes. Yeah. So I have seen one, and it was it was decent. Yeah. Yeah. The acting talents of a Hector Elizondo joining him on that. Was there another guy that worked at the store, an African-American guy that's been around for yeah. a while? Yeah. yeah, and then Jay Leno wound up being on the show because oh, okay. I think Tim, oh. was, Tim was throwing him a, a bone, helping him out a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I yeah. get that. All right, underrated for both of us on Tim Allen. Journey. Oh, wow. Uh, I love me some Journey. Do you? Oh, yeah. I love me some, um, one of their lesser known uh, records, Raised on Radio. I could listen to that anytime and be completely happy. And then they went and get this new guy. And by new guy, 17 years they've been using this new guy who sounds exactly like Steve Perry. I would say right down the middle. See, I'm there too. I think they're really good, but I think a lot of people think they're really good. Yeah. And so I don't see it's it's almost impossible to underrate them. The only way to me that you could go from right down the mill is overrated. Mm-hmm. If if you thought maybe they got too much pub for their stuff, maybe that they but the length and breadth of the body of work and and the fact that they had a star singer, yeah, superstar, leave, and they were still able to be productive. Mm-hmm. That's that to me makes them worthy of the credit that they get. I don't want to say they were forgettable, but I'll tell you what: that Glee song helped put them back on the map. Yeah. That thing opened up a whole new audience to them. Well, and sometimes that happens. Look at Phil Collins, how many yeah. streams he's had this summer because of those two kids that saw him for the first time. Yeah. I bet you if we looked on uh, like Apple iTunes, I bet you don't stop believing I'm still in the top 50 selling to this day. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. I yeah, mean, right down the middle feels... Is that what we agreed upon, yes. right down the middle? Yeah, we, okay. we've agreed on all three of these today, Look which is at us. kind of scary. It's the Christmas spirit. It's it's your shirt. Thank you. Don't stop believing. Oh, did you do that because of that? No. You actually brought that in prehand? Yeah. Ah, good for you. So, 
All right, intern, get to work. Jot it down on the sheet of sheets. See, you're excited about having an intern now, aren't you? I love the idea that someone is working behind the scenes keeping records of all this. Records and such. Yes. Yes. I can't wait till there's a day where I can go, hey, what episode did we talk? Oh, that would have been episode 71. Now, we've done that before because you write a little synopsis yes. of each episode. Yeah. And we did an episode uh, a year ago today. And uh, just for fun, let's look at what we talked about a year ago today. And where can one get those synopses? Well, they're right on like Spotify and iTunes. You have to have some sort of uh, like little one sentence, two sentence paragraph of like, what what is this about? What is this podcast you speak of? So you can go into our archives anywhere on Spotify, iTunes, Google. But a year ago today, you and I were talking about bears beating the Cowboys Tom, oh, back when the Bears were good. Tom Allen is getting paid. Did he get a new contract? Yes. Yeah, and then just some college and high school basketball Tom Allen stuff. earning his money this year, yeah. right? How about Un- that? Unlike Jeff Brom. Was it a huge raise a year ago? Do you remember? I mean, for yeah. us to have to talk yeah. about it, it was. Okay. All right, hit the subscribe button on any of those podcast outlets so you never miss an episode much like this one you're on the twitter machine aren't you i am my name is Corey, and i like to follow you on twitter i'm at 46 sports the yak's on there too sports yak with two k's until next time yak fans ooga luga george bell you stay away from taco bell we've had some fun yeah the show is done now we gotta run it's sports yak sports yak sports yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience done enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.